return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Their Bibles. Did you bring your Bible? Say it with me. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Hallelujah. Pastor Rannon, thanks for the tick in the service last week and for your leadership. God bless you. Appreciate that. That's good. You and Angeline are doing a good job. Thank you, Angeline. Bless you guys. Uh, and we, we had a fun time just with our family, uh, uh, our personal family, but also our extended family with my brothers and so forth in the Twin Cities. And then in Wisconsin, uh, I said to my family, I feel like my youth is renewed. I climbed probably a couple thousand steps and water slides and stuff, and down we went, and uh, uh, I, I, there was not anybody probably close my age, like these, these young lifeguards looked like. And I said, yes, can I get a hand just to pull me out of this tube? And uh, we just had a lot of fun, and uh, it was enjoyable that way, and uh, uh, fun time together, amen? Then we got back, and then last night we were in Iowa. Uh, in Iowa, interesting, a class reunion, 50-year class reunion, and uh, the farmers down in Iowa, where I live, pretty amazing, they have a lot of basketball talent, and farmers build gyms on their property. I'm talking about full gyms, gym courts and everything like that. So these kids start training from a young age, go to college and so forth, play college basketball and so forth. One of the all-time scoring leaders in NCAA for women's basketball grew up on a farm there, and her daddy had a gym for her and uh, so forth. So we met in, in a gym on a farm last night. It was fun. Uh, but one of the things was, I, I, it, just, it just dawned on me. So throw up that one picture a second. That uh, here, These are some of my class, and uh, here I am here. We had a lot of good athletes in my class. Uh, but uh, in 1970... 1970, there was a guy that came to our school who I didn't know, and I wasn't serving the Lord, nothing like that. But uh, uh, this guy comes to our school, his name is Josh McDowell, and he comes and he, and he points out three of us, at that time three seniors, fall of 1970, and he said, you guys are the spiritual leaders. Now, I don't even remember this, but the superintendent told me about it, who was there. And I said, really? You know? And of course, it was just obviously quite prophetic, a divine thing. Uh, pointing us out because I'm not, totally not serving the Lord, nor is my other friend. And my one friend was, uh, his name is Kurt. So Kurt is here. So Kurt now has pastored for over 40 years, about 45 years in Baptist circles from the West Coast to the Midwest and all that. Still is a pastor down in Des Moines on a staff down there, counselor now. And then I'm here. And the other guy is Mark Holst. And Mark uh, was an athlete. So now, and all of us are serving the Lord. We, of course, we've been here 42 years full-time ministry uh, for our lives, but Mark is serving the Lord. He's a physical therapist in Northwest Iowa. So here we all are serving the Lord, and I'm just thinking, what a profound thing, amen, and uh, uh, how God can work beyond what you think, because, I mean, these are things that I didn't, of course, wasn't following after the Lord at the time, but hallelujah for that. Uh, now, we've been talking on the leading of the Holy Spirit, and You've been, we've done this for several weeks, but you have to stop and ask yourself now, how are you, are you going to class? Are you listening for the Lord's voice? I mean, you can, the, the tough part about a lot of things, and when people go to churches, they hear stuff, they think, oh, that's good, yeah, that's biblical, and so forth, but then do nothing with it. 
So if you don't do something with the scripture, you're, you're just, it's dead. It's just like a dead word. You have to take it and apply it. You have to experiment. Amen? You have to do something with it. So on purpose, you have to focus to listen to the word of God. It's like, like Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. We talked from John 10. My sheep hear my voice. They follow me. And we talked about using the radio, remember, the frequencies. In this room, there's all kinds of frequencies. You could tune to AM, FM frequencies and static and so forth. Some turn on one thing, it might not be a good thing, but then turn on something else is good. Well, that's how we tune in to the voice of the Lord. As a believer, you hear the voice of the Lord. Turn to your neighbor and say, you hear God's voice. Now, you might hear 15 other voices, too. <laughs> You know, and that's where that's where the issues come in with people's lives, because we're in the world. So people have jobs and so forth. There's all kinds of things going on. They're not necessarily bad things. It's just that we have a lot of input into our lives. So spiritually, though, we have to focus and tune in to the voice of the Lord. I'm talking about for your life. What is God saying to you? He wants to talk to you. Amen. You're his son and his daughter. We're called into the fellowship with his, of his, with his dear son, Jesus Christ. So he wants to talk with us. He wants to visit with us. And so it, it, it doesn't want to be a conversation like he's talking and we're off doing something else. It's so like, okay, well, I'll just wait till they come back. No, he wants, it's an everyday relationship. So I'm glad you're here today. I'm glad you're joining us right now on, on Facebook Live or YouTube or the channel, uh, the church channel. God bless you for that. And we just welcome you into the tabernacle. And some of you are from other countries. So we're praying for many of you. We're praying blessings on you in the name of Jesus. And so we're glad that you could join us today. But you too can hear the voice of God. And so that comes, you know, through his word by the Holy Spirit. So we have to train ourselves. Turn to your neighbor and say, get in the classroom. Got to be in the classroom, right? If you don't go to the classroom, uh, you're not going to know what's going on. And remember, if you're in the college classroom, the teacher's not going to beg you to come. All right? You, if you show up, something good will happen. You'll learn. But if you don't show up, they're not going to beg you to come. You'll just fail. <laughs> and so lots of times people are living life really kind of going around with maybe a flat tire or two. And thinking like, well, you know, we're just doing our best and stuff. But let's listen to the voice of the Lord so we can have things flow. There's a flow of the Holy Spirit. He cares about you. And because he cares about you, he does care about your family, your spouse or your children or your grandchildren or your job. He cares about everything that you do. Amen. Isn't that right? And then we get back to the thing. Let's see. I think the scripture is 1 Thessalonians 5.21. We get back to the thing, you know, that we, we test and we prove. We'll see if it's of God. Amen. Don't be gullible. How many know we're all learning, right? Nobody's perfect. Don't be gullible. You keep, you keep, you, you, if you hear something from the, you think it's from the Lord, you kind of write it down or something. See if it comes to pass. See what happens. Amen. So you test and prove all things. So you can recognize what is good. And so what are we saying here? What is the fruit? Right? What are, what are, what are you producing? So, you know, many people say, I'm a spirit-filled Christian and so forth. Well, then what is the fruit of that? Is the fruit holiness? Is the fruit God glorifying to God? Is the fruit something like, wow, that, I see Jesus in your life. So what is the fruit? Amen? If someone has a prophecy, they go, what is the fruit? Does the prophecy glorify Jesus Christ? Is the prophecy edifying? Does it encourage people? Does it, you look at what is the fruit of it? it? We all hear things, and then we think, am I, am I living in peace or not peace? The Bible's remember Isaiah, we said, you shall be led forth with peace. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. So, so if something is of God, you should be filled with peace. Amen. It should, be, it should be something that you realize, oh, thank you, Lord. That's really good. It edifies me or encourages me. Doesn't cause fear, doesn't cause torment or anything like that. And we do this with all kinds of with just our normal everyday life. Yesterday morning. So yesterday morning I'm I'm up early because we're heading to Iowa. And and uh, <clears throat> I pull out an old high school annual. I kind of thought, boy, I don't even know if I recognize this, some of these people, you know, and and some I've seen before, but some I haven't seen in years. And I come across this guy's name, Henry, who was an athlete with me. And, and I thought, I haven't seen him since graduation. And a number of people I haven't seen since graduation. And I've gone to reunions. 
But this guy's never showed up. And I looked at, I looked at that picture and I said, I'd like to see Henry. Or I'd like to see Henry again. And I just, I just kind of, that was kind of like, you could call it a prayer or a wish or whatever. But, but I just thought that would be great. And uh, uh, Henry was a kid that we used to drink together. And uh, we were the wrong crowd. And uh, he would drink excessively and, and uh, not good. <laughs> and and uh, Henry later, you know, he was a, he was, uh, his real sport was probably baseball. Played basketball and, and football too. But it's baseball, he was uh, signed by the Yankees and, uh, back in 1971. And uh, never followed through because of just issues in his life. Never followed through. Never showed up at the Yankee training camp. And that's something. Had a great arm and a great bat. And uh, so anyway, so we're at the reunion. And so we'd already been there uh, probably a few hours. And, and we didn't know how much longer we would be there. And then this one classmate, she came up and she said, Henry just walked in. Mentioned his last name. And I said, Henry. And so here in walks Henry. Henry, now get this. Henry, so I had my little, little prayer in the morning. Henry's at a casino last night, and he said, we were winning, him and his wife. His wife was with him. He says, we were winning, and all of a sudden I thought, you know, the reunion is still on, and if I drive, maybe we'd still get there while some people would be there. Isn't that interesting? And so they leave the casino. They drive the distance to get to the reunion, and here he walks in. And so I, so I went, first one, just to see him and talk with him, and uh, just say, Henry, it's good to see you. You know, we've all changed a little, right? You all changed a little since high school. So, and I said, it's good to see you. And then, and then I said to him, how much Jesus loved him. I just tell people all the time, Jesus loves you. And I just planting seeds and so forth. And then he said to me, he said, he turned around and he said, well, I just talked to Jesus last week. And, I, and he said, because where he lives in Canton, it hailed. And it cost thousands of dollars of damage on his roof thousands of dollars on two cars and so forth, and the ground was covered in hail. And he says, I cried out to Jesus to stop it. He says, and then he says to me, I don't like it when Jesus does those things. And I said, wow, Henry. But you know what, Henry? It wasn't him. Amen. And he looked at me and said, what? I said, well, you know, remember when we played in athletics, we had, we had one color jersey and the other team had another color. Yeah. And I said, well, they were opponents, so we knew the difference. He said, yeah. And I said, well, there's a difference in this, too. There's God who's good and the devil who's bad. He said, oh, wow, that's amazing. I said, it is amazing, Henry. I said, God doesn't want to hurt you. He wants to bless you. He wants to touch your life. And just like this, he caught that. I thought, what a divine appointment. To meet with Henry, who I hadn't talked to in 50 years, and four minutes into the conversation, we're having this kind of talk, and it started to change his whole way of thinking. And even for his life, he'd made decisions. Who hasn't made a bad decision, right? Well, Henry would had a bundle full, and, and yet to know that God loves him, God is on his side, God still has a plan for his life. Pretty powerful, you know. So you test things out. 1 John 4. 1 John 4 says, you believe not every spirit. So don't believe every... Don't be gullible. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't be gullible. I'm always amazed. Somebody will hear something or see something and then, oh boy, that's... We're going to tell everybody that. Is it truth or not truth? Don't be so gullible. Christians are gullible. They just... In other words, they believe something real quick. They believe something real quick. Just someone tells them, oh, okay... Test it out. Amen? Amen? Don't just believe every spirit. Test the spirit. See if it's of God. You know, there's a lot of people walk around and says they're Christians. Do you know Adolf Hitler said he was a Christian? Adolf Hitler said he was a Christian. Adolf Hitler had been part of a denomination and all that. So he said he's a Christian. Obviously, if a person is a Christian, watch their feet. Amen? Especially in America, everybody's, well, we're all Christians and well, let's watch their feet and see if they, if they walk the talk or not. Right? So, so you have to test things out and to see once there's a lot. Verse 3 there, 1 John 4, says there's a lot of voices. So, so uh, there, there are voices in the world. So the spirit that's the Antichrist spirit. Now, notice it says it's already now in the world. Now, this is back in the Bible days. When did the last days begin? At the day of Pentecost. He says, in the last days, I'll pour out my spirit. Well, that's when the last days began. 
Obviously, we're certainly farther or closer to the end, right? At this point. But that's where they begin. But it says even now, people say, oh, it could be the end times, the Antichrist has come. No, that kind of spirit is already in the world. That's just anything against the gospel of Jesus Christ, all right? Anything against the gospel of Jesus Christ. So you have to test those things out to see once if it's accurate. Remember the scripture I said in Galatians. In Galatians, and this, this came up in a ministerial meeting before, right here in our city and so forth. But people, people says, we're all, we're, we're all children of God. And that sounds really good. It's a nice tape. We're all children of God. Uh, no, let's read the rest of the verse, right? The rest of the verse is by through faith in Jesus Christ. Right? I mean, Jesus actually looked at the Pharisees and said, your father's the devil. So obviously they weren't his children, right? There's differences. So you have to discern, discern things. Verse 6, uh, verse 6 again, or 1 John 5, uh, uh, 4, verse 5 there, says the world, the world, uh, these Antichrist spirits are of the world, and the world hears them. So you wonder sometimes, why do, how, how is the world so blind or ignorant they're just going this way? Because that's what they hear, okay? They hear those things, and that leads them down that path, all right? That leads them to all kinds of things, uh, political correctness and things like that. That's like, that leads us to, to the various genders. Look at Matthew 19. Nowadays, I mean, uh, SDSU Collegian had a thing of, I forget, there was so many, like 18 genders at that time. Now there's probably more. But, but I, was, I, was at, I was at the Lutheran Church in town here just a few years ago, and and I was prepared. They wanted to know about churches like ours and what we believed and so forth. So it was a great time I could, with this adult class, there's about 25 people, and share my, my story about getting saved and so forth and about our church, non-denominational church. And then invariably, of course, they had questions. And of course the question was because they were deciding to, to marry uh, homosexuals. And of course, so, so Pastor Dave, uh, where do you stand on that? Where, where do you stand that? Are you, you, are you going to do that as a church? Are you going to marry homosexuals? I said, that's a very good question. I said, so I said, let's, I referred them back to this verse. And I said, uh, uh, have you not read that he made them male and female? Now, the Bible would refer to two genders. Amen. And I said, he made them male and female. And, and so he says, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother, be joined to his wife. The two shall become one flesh. So then I read it again to them, quiet in the room, like it is right now. And I said, I said, he made them male and female. And the male and female get married. And that forms a marriage, right? A male, one male, one female forms a marriage. And so, so they'd ask me my opinion. Now listen, my opinion is, means nothing. The Word of God means everything. So after reading those verses twice, and they're all ears, I said, well, I guess I'm going to just go with this right here. Just, I'm just going to believe this right here, what the Bible says. You know, and for some people it's like, oh, you know. And for some, one other voice in the room just said, well, I thought he would say that. Well... That's, you know, how do you discern? You, you, the more you know the Word of God, the safer you'll become. Amen. You're not just out there saying, well, we just want to do what feels good. No, you don't want to do that. You don't, you don't want to just do what you think is politically correct. Don't want to do that. You want to follow what the Scripture says. Now, do we love everybody? Of course you do. But on the other hand, for your life, you want to order your life according to the Word of God. Amen? Because that's where there's safety. Amen. That's where there's safety when when we're living our way or living our lives in that manner. Amen. So uh, let's first John four, verse six. Let's go back to that a second. So we are of God. And when we are of God, we uh, God hears us. And, and who is not of God, hears not us. So when we're of God, we know that God hears us. So we do the things that are of God. All right. We, we listen to the word of God. We follow the things of the word of God. And when we do that, then, of course, there's safety. Like Christians, if you are something that's spiritual and Christian, it bears witness, like, oh, that's good. You know, if it's not, if there's a check, like, oh, I don't think so, you know. Again, the more scripture you know, the better off you are. And that's why we emphasize Bible reading. 
All right. We emphasize uh, this this time with the Lord on a daily basis so that you so that the word the word is like a voice. Right. So right now you're hearing me say words, which is my voice. And the word of God becomes the voice of God. Amen. It helps us in our lives for the Holy Spirit can work with. So John 16, 13, then the Holy Spirit will guide us into truth. So where the spirit of the Lord is, the spirit is the spirit of truth. And he'll guide you into all truth. Now, what is this? Well, this is not like just exploring any book. The word of God is the truth that we live by. Amen. So the scripture is inspired by the Holy Spirit. It's inspired truth. For us today, it's a relevant book for us today. Again, people will say, well, you know, that's an old book. Uh, times have changed, Pastor Dave. Things aren't that way. However, Jesus, Jesus becomes our anchor. So there's a lot of winds blowing against us. So if you anchor yourself in the Bible, the winds may blow, but you're going to stay steadfast. The Bible is a book that still applies today, still relevant today. Still good for us today, especially New Testament. Amen. Stay in the New Testament. So the Spirit was going to guide us into all truth. And, and notice what it says prophetically. He'll tell you things to come. That's true, but it'll still line up with Scripture when he tells us those things. Amen. John 14, verse 26 is another verse. And he just says this. John 14, 26. The helper, the Holy Spirit, the, whom the Father will send in my name, he'll teach you all things. Now, if he's teaching, then I have to show up for class. So if I never show up, in other words, if I don't sit down, remember Mary and Martha. So, so uh, Martha's cumbered about with a lot of serving and so forth. And Mary's sitting at Jesus' feet. She showed up for class. So if the Holy Spirit is teaching, it's one of the things I, I've said this before. But if I advocate success in college, the big thing is go to class. In high school, everybody thinks, well, you have to show up for class. College, kids can opt to sleep in. Not good, right? So you have to go to class. You have to show up. So if I want to learn from the things of the Holy Spirit, then I need to show up for the Holy Spirit's class. Now, how often do you suppose he wants to teach me? I would guess every day. I would guess it's not like, you know, Dave's doing pretty good. We'll meet with him once a month. No, I would guess he'd want to show up every day because why? He is God. And we are just here. We know a little bit and we need our dependence is on the Lord. So by me showing up, then allows the Holy Spirit to teach me. And notice what it says. He'll teach you all things. There's not a limit here. There's not a cap. It's not based on your age or anything like that or where you live anywhere in the world. The Holy Spirit is there. So he'll teach you as much as you want to Absorb. And I'm not talking about weird things. You know, people get out there, doo -doo 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 -doo, Twilight Zone stuff, you know. And, and uh, you know, we want to embrace Jesus, but you don't want to embrace kooky. <laughs> There's kooky things. Yeah, everybody say amen. Yeah. Uh, believe me, we've heard a lot of kooky through the years. And, and so you want to embrace the Holy Spirit, but allow him to work in you according to Scripture. When we do that, good things happen. You know, what, what happens sometimes, people get bored in their relationship, and so they start looking for the kooky. Oh, wow, that was really something. What I've never seen that before. Like, they're looking for kooky things. Don't look for that. Just look for the normal, Jesus-growing, everyday experience. Amen? When we do that, something good happens, and there's a relationship that's there. Relationship... Develops. It's like being married. You're married for a lot of years. We've been married for a lot of years. Roger, you were married for your wife for many, many years, you know. And you have a relationship. And that's good. Good with the Holy Spirit. John, or Romans, uh, Romans, uh, what is it? Romans 8 says, they that are led by the Spirit. So we have to be led by the Holy Spirit. When it says they're the sons of God, well, let's just say, Let's, let's just talk about Christianity in general. Let's be led by the Holy Spirit. So many different things in Christianity and people get into rules and regulation. No, let's just be led by the Holy Spirit. Psalm 32, verse 8 then. He says, I'll instruct you and teach you. Psalm 32, verse 8. 
I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my, I'm going to guide you with my spirit. Now again, this is for all of us. We've been talking about the Holy Spirit for several weeks. It's a good topic. But it does no good if we don't practice it. And practicing it means you, you actively apply this to your life. You actively like, Lord, Lord, talk to me. So, Lord, and so you, people say, well, I'm really busy. You know, get up a little earlier then. Amen. Well, I'm tired. Then go to bed a little earlier. Hallelujah. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's talking to you. Folks, there's not a lot of good that happens after 10 o'clock at night. Not a lot of good. Not a lot of good on TV. Not a lot of good whatever. Video games or whatever. Notice, go to bed so you can get up. Then you can listen to the Lord. People say, oh, my job is really tough and so... Well, maybe if you listen to the Lord, He might tell you something about your job. Amen. Amen. Maybe He'll give you, maybe he'll give you an idea that might transform your job. Maybe he give you an idea that would be an invention. Amen. See, God, God knows everything, right? Amen. If he knows everything, it would be real smart of me to listen to him. He knows everything about my job. He knows every, everything about every worker. So it would be real smart if I listened to him about what's going on. He knows all the needs of everybody I'm going to meet. Because I really don't like that supervisor. But God knows his needs. Maybe he'll give you a word for that supervisor. And trust me, it's not going to be a word like, you need to repent. Don't forget that word. Just wash the harshness out of your system. And bring in a whole dose of love. But maybe it'll be a word like, you know, just want you to know I'm, I'm praying for you. What do you mean? What are you praying for? Just praying for you. But then you can add to it. Maybe something else will come up. Maybe something other deeper or something like that. You know what I'm saying? So you get into conversations with people and you find out maybe a little bit more what makes them tick. What makes them the way they are. Why are the way they are? What's happened in their life? What's going on in their life right now? Trust me, nobody's got a perfect life. Everybody has needs. So Jesus, when he's at the, at the well and the lady comes up and Jesus just has a conversation. It's not, incidentally, it's not a King James conversation, okay? You know, the Lord spoke to me, and no, it's just a conversation, like I had with Henry, and just visiting with Henry and talking with Henry. You know, we talked five minutes, and Henry unloaded about several things in his life, about failures and mistakes and things like that, and why he didn't go to the Yankees and all the stuff. Think about it, regret and so forth like that. And in those five minutes, I could turn around and say, but Henry, Jesus loves you. He's still got a plan for your life. He still cares for you. Still, he is the good one right there. Amen. Talk about a divine appointment. Wow. See, God wants to set things up for us. He wants to use us. So we think about, think about this whole world that's lost, all right? whole world lost. How we have Christians that have the light or revelation of Jesus Christ as their Savior. How about, you suppose he wants to get that message out? And he wants to use us with people? It's like sitting down with someone and they say, well, what, what's happening in your life? And so, you know, a lot of people look at you like, it's okay. Kind of like as if you want to hear. But maybe you sit there and say, yeah, I want to hear. Tell me, you know, give a Give me a synopsis. Yeah, I don't want to sit here for two hours, but give me a synopsis. What's going on? What's happening? You can do that with Christians. You know, a lot of Christians walk around their aches. They're hurting, you know. Maybe they got a bitterness here or something. Arrows stuck in the fiery darts of the devil. They come in the church looking like a porcupine. You know, how you doing? Great, praise God. What, anything but that. Not doing great. They're, they're just barely surviving. It's, I'm coming in here as Mr. Porcupine. Tell me something good. Well, in the process, maybe you can pull out a quill or two, you know, a fiery dart or something to do what? You're encouraging people. Right? It's never like, it's never like, you know, you need to get your act together. No, 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 no. It's always like you're extending the love of Jesus to people. 
That's why we're here, right? That's why we're here. <laughs> and people all around us, more and more, I'm just listening. I'm, I'm applying the message, the word that we're hearing, applying this listening. The other day I was on the telephone, and I called this person who was in the building industry, contractor, big contractor, and I mentioned something to him, and he said, he said uh, thanks a lot about something I said. And then he said, he brought up something that, that he brought up months ago, a year ago. A young man who'd had cancer. And this man, they'd amputated his leg. And a young man as a teenager in the Sioux Falls area. And, and so forth. And his daughter dates this young man. And then uh, this contractor begins to cry on the phone. And he said... He's going back to the doctor and they found a spot in his lung. And he said, can you pray? I said, yes, I can pray. And, and of course, I texted him back then also for Jeannie and I pray. And he's so grateful. You know, he doesn't have any teaching. He doesn't, you know, well, whatever God's will is. is no, no, I'm praying for healing. I'm praying for healing. I know this is a tough, it's a tough issue. You know what I mean? This isn't easy. And I don't know the young man, and I haven't been invited to go to their house or anything like that. But you can still give a word that is a good word. That Jesus loves you. You know what I mean? Jesus loves you. We had a young guy in our class. The first guy that died in our class, he died about, I think it was about five years after we graduated. And, and uh, he, he lived down in Texas. And before he was sick and so forth, and he had AIDS. And before he died, his partner contacted his family to say, you should know that I'm his partner. And you should come and see him. He's dying. And he died. And, of course, the shame in this small town, of course, of that situation. And, of course, the shame that people say, well, he deserved what he got. Well, that's just a judgment of God on him. And all that's wrong. All that is wrong. And so even last night, classmates brought this up to me and said, and of course, looking for my input here. And I said, oh, Jesus loves people. Not condoning sin. Jesus, we're not condoning sin, but he loves people. Amen. He's not out to kill people. He's out to save people. Amen. The devil's killing people. Thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus has come that they might have life. So you see, you know scripture, you kind of know where you're at. And so, right, there were several ladies around there, and I said, no, no, Jesus, never, never do that. <laughs> never condemn. Never throw judgment. No, 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 he loves people. Loves people. So, so we, take, we take all these things, and we're doing what? We're listening. He'll instruct me. He'll teach you. Dave, I'll instruct you and teach you. Oh, you're not showing up for class? These are scriptures that have been out there forever, so, so to speak, Right? People say, instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. Uh, I'll see you next Sunday. I'll show up next month. Oh, now, where's that verse? Where, where is Psalms? Where, where's that Old Testament? New Testament? Oh, oh. Is your Bible used or is it just a little trophy book? Is it, is it a study book? Are you, refer, are you really following things in your life? See, if God says to me, Dave, and this is to us, I'll instruct you and teach you. I'll show you everything you want to do. I'll, I'll guide you. I'll guide you in your life. I want to show up. So I'm great, great. Get through high school, graduate from college. Wonderful. But I still want to show up for the Holy Ghost class. Because he's still instructing and teaching. He's got a wonderful manual here for us. Jeannie and I have been to these charismatic conferences, and you've got all these people, and whoo, they're doing all those things and so forth, and then following after all the kooky stuff. And I'm thinking, uh, hey, yeah, hey, you ever read your Bible? Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, sure, 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 yeah, 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 sure. I never, don't read the Bible. Just running after the latest, craziest deal, rather than just getting in the Word and letting Him instruct them and teach them. You know what that sounds like for a lot of people, though? That kind of sounds boring. That sounds boring. That sounds exciting. Well, I'll tell you what, it is exciting. If all of a sudden you start hearing the Lord tell you things about people's lives or tell you things that then you can minister to them, it gets pretty exciting. 
It gets pretty exciting. By the time we left last night, we had people following us out the door. Literally following us out the door just to spend a little more time. It's like, it's getting late. We've got to drive home. God is good. Amen. So, so we have to show up for class. All right, quickly, let's go to Acts 16 a second. Acts 16, here's, here the churches were strengthening, they were increasing in number daily. So they went through Phrygia, region of Galatia, and they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. Now, this is, so so let, me, let me back up and let's say this. If God talks to you about witnessing, do you suppose that's, do you think that's his voice or the devil's? That'd be his voice, right? Because he wants to reach the world. If the Lord brings someone to your mind, like pray for so-and-so, what, what would, you, would that be the devil? No, that would be God. To pray for people or the, uh, uh, the opportunity to witness you're standing by somebody, witnessing. You know, what usually goes to, through a lot of people's minds, say, what scripture do I start with? No, just start with a smile and hello. <laughs> right? Just start with, how are you doing? How's your life or how, how's your family or how your kid, how are your kids? Right? We started a conversation last time. Said, how are things going? So forth, da, 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 da. Oh, my wife died. Oh. Well, that changes things, doesn't it? See, you get to know something. You know, a lot of people like talking about themselves. Talk, 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 talk. How about listening? I always say God gave us one mouth and two ears. So I think it's pretty important to listen to what maybe a need might be there rather than us just talking all the time. So they're going here, and all of a sudden, of course they were on a mission trip, and of course they're doing the work of the gospel, but the Lord said, no, nah, don't go to Asia right now. So they were forbidden, notice, forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. So sometimes we have to accept God's no as well as his yes. Amen? So he might be trying to redirect me. I, I'm thinking, I want to do this. Uh, oh, that's no. Okay. Well, then this. And you look for what's the next option. So they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to do that. So they came and then they tried to go into Bithynia. And the Spirit did not permit them. So they're just not. What are they doing? They're knocking on doors. It's not like everybody's so perfect. And the Lord spoke to me. No, no. They're just knocking on doors. It's not like, you know, these are the disciples. Paul the Apostle, we, we sometimes mistaken everybody's so spiritual, they just hear everything clearly. They're knocking on doors. So I think, well, let's go to Bithynia. Oh, that's not going to work either. Just listening to the Holy Spirit, check. Amen, say check. He'll just give you something like, no. He doesn't have to tell you why. He's God. He's just directing us. He's just He's just trying to... Follow us, or show us just where we should go, maybe at a certain point in time. A kairos moment. The main thing is you're moving. Turn to your neighbor, you've got to be moving. You can't steer a parked car. Okay? So, so some people are, well, I'm just waiting on the Lord. I'm just waiting on the Lord. And then five years pass. I'm waiting on the Lord. Six years pass. I'm waiting on the Lord. Just start moving. God is always moving, so just start moving. While I see the door over there, oh, but I think that's closed, and you want me to go to this door. In this room, there's doors, 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 doors. And every door leads to another place. Every door is not the same door. Every door is not the same opportunity. And so we go and we knock on these doors to see, well, what's going to open up? We, for a facility, we knocked on many doors in the 1980s, you know. Didn't open, didn't open, didn't open. No, 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 no. And then this opens. It's like we got the best door of everything, you know, right? Yeah. Door number eight. Woo! Yeah. I'm glad we followed the nose. I'm glad we just kept listening and waiting. But we were moving. And in the meantime, we're saving money and we're doing things like that. We're getting ready, drawing plans, doing things like that. So we weren't stagnant. We're moving. Turn to your neighbor and say, be active. Be active in your faith. All right. Keep your faith. Keep your faith going. Keep flowing. So we're going to honor his will for as far as no, but we also want to honor it then as far as yes. 
Let's go to the next verses, verse 8 and so forth. So it says, they passed there and they came down to Truss. Truss, and then they had a vision. A man appears to Paul in the night, a man of Macedonia, and said, stood and pleaded with him, come over to Macedonia and help us. It's like, it's like, and Paul's like, yes, you know, there's, there's, there's doors. So after the vision, immediately, notice the word immediately. We sought to go into Macedonia, concluding the Lord had called us to preach the gospel unto them. I mean, see, these are just the nudges of the Holy Spirit. Kairos moments, redirected here or there. This same thing happened to Ray Phipps. Some of you have met Ray Phipps. Ray Phipps is in his 80s, Ray and Wilma. As a young boy, had this vision to come to India. Lifted around the world before there were satellites. He's old. And came down to the place that saw the tip of the spear of this country. And he came down and he saw Indians and stuff. And that this man says, come over and help us. And 40, 40 some years later, Ray retired, had his PhD, had been superintendent of schools, done all these things. He'd been fasting. He's in Rapid City. He's invited to retreat. He loves the Lord. He's spirit-filled. Goes to this retreat. And at this retreat comes an Indian man that he saw exactly in the vision. And the Indian man comes to his face. He says, can you come to India and help us? The exact same man. That's a short version of that story. But it's pretty amazing. So God, God wants to direct us. John 10, verse 27. So it says that his sheep, say that's me. His sheep hear his voice. And notice then what it says. They follow me. Now, in the church world in general, we have a lot of people following denominations. Well, my denomination says this. Oh, this is what our church says. Okay, that's right. You've got to go someplace, right? But we ultimately have to follow Jesus Christ. We have to follow what the Bible says, which trumps all the traditions of man. And we'd be a whole lot better. It's like going to somebody saying, and which we've witnessed before, and we've talked to somebody about being a Christian. Oh, yeah, I go to such and such a church. Well, that's not what I asked you. I'll tell them right to their face. That's not what I asked you. I didn't ask you where you went to church. Oh. I told people when they witnessed me at college, I... I go, to, I go to church. I've been confirmed and all that. got my Sunday school pens. And, told, and then they talked to me about Jesus. I, that really made me nervous. So we, the sheep hear his voice. And, and Jesus says, I know them and they follow me. So we want to follow Jesus Christ. Amen. We want to listen to his voice. And we want to follow Jesus. Now, when I say that, that will always line up with the Bible. Okay, amen? It's always going to line up with the Bible, Bible things. That's, turn to your neighbor and say, be in your Bible, read your Bible. Turn to your neighbor and say that. It's just critical, just critical again. Because otherwise we're hearing frequencies that just aren't right. So, so my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. They follow Jesus Christ. Incidentally, you know when I always say, say to pray in the name of Jesus, Right? I had a classmate, the classmate that's also in the ministry last night. He prayed. Boy, it was a great prayer. So we're in this gym, and he prayed. And he prayed in the name of Jesus. I said, yes, you know. But like Randon was watching the Olympics. So here one lady, the, these two ladies, American ladies and so forth, and they come, and they both won medals and so forth. And, and the one lady says, you know, I just want to thank God. Just want to thank God for his help and so forth. And the other lady, whose last name was Muhammad, who is a Muslim, and says, and I want to thank God. Hmm. Hmm. Which God are they thanking? Which God are they talking about? Well, the Christian didn't identify her God. That's why you want to pray in the name of Jesus. That's why you want... Think of the... Think of the I want to thank Jesus Christ. Boom! Whoa! Well, you just said something there. God, oh, that's nice. Oh, that's a nice, that's a nice, that's politically correct. This is very nice. Very nice. <laughs> it's like I prayed one time at the Alumni Association, packed place, all these big givers from the university and so forth. And now Reverend Kaufman, he's going to give the invocation and so forth. And, 
And then I, before that, there was a couple of dignitaries, people that were sick and stuff. So I got it. I said, what are their names? Okay. And so, so and of course, people been drinking and all that half snockered. And, and so I said, I said, we're going to pray here. So I said, Father, in the name of Jesus. And just like that, changes the atmosphere. Okay. It's not just God. It's Jesus. And I prayed for the people that were sick. And I prayed for the blessing of the Lord. And then I concluded it all in the name of Jesus. And then I went back, joined Jeannie with the president of the university sitting down at the table. And everybody's like, that was nice, you know. We're not looking for people's popularity. We're not looking for, for an applause. You want to do something that's right, right? You're not doing something that's politically correct. That changes nothing. But the name of Jesus shakes the darkness. Oh, quickly here. 1 Corinthians 16, 9. So a door is open. Hallelujah. So there are doors in this place. When you leave, you don't know this, but when we built this place, above every door is scriptures. There's headers above a door. And above every door is scripture verses written out in, in black marker pen. And Bruce Miller was one of our members at that time, and Bruce would be on that ladder. Bruce, what are we writing here? Well, you know, this place is a place of worship, so above the door. But leaving the door going out, you're now entering the mission field, going to all the world, preach the gospel. They tear this place down, they're going to see scriptures on wood all around the place. Every door leads to another place and usually will lead to another door. So that's life, right? Life. Going through like, oh, we're just good. I'm just obeying God all the time. Well, there's another door now. Oh, got to... Keep moving. You've got, got another door to go through. If not that one, maybe it's another one. It's a choice, depending on what you want, what you're doing, right? So if I want food, I'm probably going to go to the door to the kitchen, right? So, so anyway, there's a wide door. There's a door of opportunity, and it's open to me. Now, there might be many adversaries. That isn't the point. The devil always wants to hinder the gospel. But there's a door waiting for us. Amen? Amen. And we have to walk through it. Now, let's go down a few verses. 1 Corinthians 16, verse 12. We go down a few verses, and here comes, here's, here's another one of the disciples, Apollos. And Paul said, I've urgently encouraged him to visit you and the other brethren. I've, I've encouraged. So Paul said, you need to go, you need to go. Now, that all sounds good, but he has to listen for himself. In other words, what has God asked you to do? A lot of people think, well, I don't know. A lot of people think, well, I'm not a, I'm not a pastor. Doesn't have anything to do with being a pastor. He's like I say, he's, he wants to bless your wife or your spouse or your children or grandchildren or job or all these things, your neighbors, people you meet. So, and it was not at all his will or God's will that he should go now. So, Paul the apostle, you need to go now, Paulus. We have to encourage these brothers. Wise enough to live in the teaching, instruction and teaching the way you should go. Not, not now. Not my time. Not the right door. And he will come when he has opportunity. When his opportunity and the Lord opens that door, great door of him for his opportunity, then he's going to go. I mean, it's, it's wonderful just reading scripture and you look at how people can be led by the Holy Spirit. Let me close with this. John 15 verse 15. So Jesus is talking, and, and notice what he says. I'm not going to call you servants. I'm not going to call you slaves. Servant doesn't know what his master is doing. But I've called you friends. And notice what he says. I have made known to you everything that I've heard from my father. Think about this. Everything is laid out on the table. Everything is there. He's not going to want to hide anything from you, except the fact that you have to go to class. Now, if I skip class, it's like, what did they talk about last week? <laughs> I'm in the fog here. I did. I missed a link here from A to B. You know, and I'm on. They're on F, and I got to know where C and D and E are at. So he says. He says, "I I will make known to you everything. Say everything. Everything, everything that God has said. I've revealed to you everything I have learned from Him. Now here's a key thing. Here's a key thing. He says, "I've called you friends." Friends spend time together. We have a lot of people who say, oh, we just love you. Oh, you're just the neatest people. We just love you. But 
don't want to be around us. You know, we got people say, "Oh, Papa, not Papa and Mama. We just love you, Papa and Mama." Don't want to listen to us. They're just saying words. Jesus is not just mouthing words. He's actually saying, "I want a friend." Friends spend time together. Friends talk really close. All right? So this friendship thing is huge in our lives by spending time together. And he'll tell you a lot of stuff. Now listen, in this life, we're just scratching the surface, right? Just, just not like we're going to just know it all. We don't know it all. We'll never arrive. But we're learning. We're growing. We're on a good path. Amen. And, and turn to your neighbor and say, this is your time. This is your time to shine. This is, we're alive. We're alive now. Some people, Dottie's home in heaven, okay? Other people, home in heaven. But this is our time right now on this earth to be impactful for Jesus Christ. Amen? So let's lift our hands a second. This is like a sign of surrender. But Lord, we volunteer. We present ourselves as a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice. Still here. For your glory, for your service. And we pray, Lord, even as we've talked about your Holy Spirit, you, Lord, talking to us. I pray that your voice will become clearer and clearer to everybody that hears my voice right now. I pray that it gets clearer. I pray just to flow in their lives, Lord, a flow of your spirit. I thank you for helping us, Lord, in every situation that we face. I thank you for opening doors that no man can shut. I thank you, Jesus, that you have great plans for everybody hearing my voice even right now. Great plans, wonderful plans. And so, Lord, we avail ourselves to say, use us, Lord. Say, use me. Lord, use me for your glory and honor. Use me, Lord, to be a light to whoever I'm around. And help me to love like you love, Father. To love like you love to the people that are around me. At home, on my job, with my friends, family, whoever I'm with, help me to be your vessel. And we thank you for this, Father, in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylifeatbrookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.